and welcome to another episode of the Fit as a Fighter podcast. My name is Trisha. I'm your host, and today I'm gonna get a little vulnerable with you guys because you guys that listen to my podcast, you're my you're my special people. You guys get the real raw stories here, uh, where I don't really hold back a whole lot. So, um, and also full transparency, you know, sometimes like when I'm recording these, I'm done up with my makeup and my hair and my headphones are on and I'm recording it at the same time. No, 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 guys. I got a headband on, I got a face mask on, I am in my workout clothes, I'm chilling, I'm ready to share with you guys. So <laughs> what I want to talk about today is my, what I believe is my superpower, which is not just helping people to lose weight and get healthy and strong and build muscle and lose body fat and blah, blah, blah. Those are all skills that I've learned over the years, but I really feel like I have a bigger impact to make than that. And a lot of it has to do with some of the things I've been through in my life. So I want to share what I think my superpower is, which is overcoming adversity when my dreams or my goals in certain areas of life have been crushed. Sounds like a really harsh way of saying it, but you know, what made me think about it is I've had a handful of conversations over the last few weeks with women who maybe have had their dreams and goals derailed, maybe temporarily, or maybe there is no certainty of if they can ever get back to doing the thing that they loved. Um, so I have, you know, a couple clients in this situation. I have a couple, you know, former clients that I still chat with. Um, you know, let's say one, for example, you know, her goal is to run an ultra marathon. Um, and she has some, some health limitations that are maybe making that not seem so possible. Um, another, you know, friend and former client who she, you know, is really searching for that dojo to train at that she can't train at anymore. And she's really missing that feeling. Um, I have another client who is a, a professional fighter where her fighting is kind of on hold while she's going through a healing journey and kind of finding herself who she is outside of fighting. These are real things that we all go through. And I believe that the people that listen to this podcast um, in my audience, you know, you're all high achievers in whatever area of your life, whether it's something physical, athletic, in your career, in your family, you are very high achieving people. If you are in my world, you probably are. And you can probably relate to something happening in your life where kind of derailed you. Maybe it was a really serious injury that took you out of competing. Maybe it was you, you had to move and you lost a career that you really loved. Um, maybe you having kids, you know, made you miss out on some opportunities. So, you know, some of these things can be obviously the greatest blessings of our lives, um, whether it's, you know, moving to a new location or uh, starting a family. Like these are all wonderful things, but it doesn't mean that we can't like grieve the loss of maybe what we were doing before then or able to do. And, uh, you know, what I want to share is, you know, how I've been able to pivot at various times in my life when I had these huge obstacles, because I feel that many people, they can get stuck in this really negative mental feedback loop where, you know, they're just, woe is me, you know, and I've certainly been there many, many times of just feeling very down and depressed about why, why is it me? You know, why is it happening to me? Like I, I've worked so hard. Why can't I have this opportunity? Or why does my dream have to get derailed right now? You know, like it can be very easy to fall into the victim mindset that maybe you even have every right in the world to feel, you know, so just know your feelings are validated. But if we live there for too long, we're not going to move forward. Right. And so what I've learned to do over, over time, now that I'm 35 year old woman, and I've been through a lot of setbacks in my life, 
I've, I've sort of learned to, you know, it sounds bad saying this, but lose attachment to certain things or situations. Um, you know, I kind of have a, a, you know, enjoy and live in the moment type of attitude where I know that things can change and opportunities can be taken away from you and situations and people can change in an instant, right? And so I, I kind of live in this moment where like if I'm in the thing, I'm enjoying and I'm appreciating every single moment because I know at any moment that that situation can change and that I just keep moving forward, you know? So I'm going to get a little personal and vulnerable here, um, obviously without sharing names of certain situations and people and things like that. Uh, but, you know, going way back to when I was a teenager and my dream pretty much since I was 14 years old was to own my own karate school. And I, I was hired at 14 years old, literally on my 14th birthday, I was hired by my first karate instructor to teach karate. And I loved it. And, you know, going through high school and you're looking at colleges and what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I knew there was no doubt in my mind. I knew I wanted to own my own karate school. I wanted to be a martial arts school owner. And in the organization I was in, there was many examples. It was a very large franchise um, where basically it was a reverse franchise. You know, franchises, you know, more like you have a hundred grand, you buy into it, probably way more than a hundred grand these days. Right. But, you know, you, you buy into owning a location. Well, this was a little different because we were all young. And uh, basically, you know, you would earn your way <laughs> to be able to open up and manage a school. And over time, you know, if you were running the school successfully, you could start to, you know, use your profits to basically buy into the business, so to speak. So I was well on my way to do that at 23 years old, 24 years old, and I became the youngest and first like female to do it in the in the organization, the youngest, not the first female, but the youngest. And you know, very shortly after, within eight months of opening my location, um, you know, we found out some really unfortunate accusations that my mentor, my head instructor, um, you know, my boss, <laughs> the person that was opening the school and fronting all the money um, and who I had grown so close to over the years was accused of being a pedophile. And uh, as I mentioned, guys, this is a very personal, vulnerable podcast. I don't think I've ever spoken about some of these things in this type of detail, of course, without saying any names. But if you've been in my world, you, you might know some of these situations. So, um, you know, I, I wholeheartedly, unfortunately, I, I did believe these accusations and not unfortunately, but sadly, right, because I, I knew some of the people that, you know, were the accusers. And so long story, long story short, you know, it was a very painful, painful process that I dealt with of, you know, kind of for moral reasons, leaving this school that I just opened after after my whole, you know, young adult life. That was my dream. That was my only focus. It was like my marriage. You know, it was more important to me than my relationships of like, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. When I have a successful school someday, then I'll start a family. But no, this is my baby. This is what I'm doing at 24 years old. And, uh, you know, I, it was really, really hard to leave, really hard to leave. But I knew um, because, you know, the situation wasn't changing um, that I couldn't stay. You know, I couldn't stay working for somebody that I believed um, had done these things. So, you know, fast forward, um, you know, this was the first huge, huge moment of adversity I had to overcome. And it was, it was very difficult. I ended up moving to Miami, um, I ended a relationship I was in for a very long term relationship. And I, I moved to Miami and I started from zero, you know, and I was um, working from home. And I actually, you know, this is kind of goes along with the story. But, um, you know, one of the things I've always, I think, been just inherently good at is like figuring out what is it that I really want to do? So I knew, obviously, my whole life I wanted to do martial arts, but then I was kind of stuck. Like, well, if I'm not going to do martial arts, 
at 24 years old, I was like, well, what? I didn't go to college. What, what is the only other thing that I'm like extremely passionate about? And it was personal self-development. And y'all might know if you listen to podcasts anyways, and you're in the personal development world, y'all know Tony Robbins, right? The motivational guy. So I've been listening to his CDs and cassettes in my car since I was driving at 16 years old. And uh, I, I loved it. You know, this was before podcasts, right? So this is like you were stuck with ordering $400 uh, CD catalogs of motivational speakers, you know? So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to see because I had some salespeople that I was friends with from Tony Robbins because they had sold me, you know, tickets to his events or CDs or courses or whatever. So I contacted them and they helped me kind of show me how to apply. And I thought, why don't, why don't I try to work for Tony Robbins? And so again, fast forward, I'll spare you guys all the boring details, but I freaking went for it. I applied and I got hired and I was like, oh, yay, I'm working for Tony Robbins. It sounds so glamorous, um, even though half the people, especially in Miami, were like, Tony who? Who's Tony Robbins? Like, I had no idea. Um, but it was a sales job and I was at home, like cold calling people. It was awful. I hated it. I hated it so much. And around that time, I got offered a position to fly out to Arizona and work for a, a karate organization out there to help. Um, and it just wasn't my thing. <laughs> so I tried that. I pivoted again. Um, it didn't work out. Come back to South Florida um, six months later. You know, desert's just not for me, guys. And uh, I come back. I start working for one of my friends at a karate, you know, MMA and fitness gym. And that is when I found, uh, you know, American Top Team. And I joined that gym. And I started with jiu-jitsu. And I quickly fell in love with jiu-jitsu jiu and MMA. And so now I'm 26 and I'm training at one of the greatest MMA gyms in the world I'm around all of these like amazing fighters. You know, I'm around like Jessica Aguilar and Tisha Torres and, um, you know, Valerie Letourneau and, you know, uh, Amanda Nunes and Nina Ansaroff and all of these amazing female MMA fighters that I just looked up to so much and uh, got an opportunity to train with all of them and start my amateur fighting career. So, you know, again, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, giving you guys all the, the quick notes here of my whole freaking life story. Y'all didn't know what you were getting into today with this podcast. So, um, you know, obviously I, I do really well in my amateur career, not obviously, but you know, it was obvious to me at the time and, uh, had a little bit of a difficult run as a pro, um, and really had to overcome a lot of adversity, even in my professional fighting career, where there was many times I wanted to give up. I had a bad record, had some really bad losses, got choked out unconscious, got, you know, pretty almost knocked out a couple times. Um, never knocked out cold, but you know, I saw some, some Tweety birds a few times for sure. So, you know, going, going through all of that, um, finally, you know, make my big break into Invicta, which is an all female fighting organization that I had dreamed of being in. And, uh, was very close to my big break going into the UFC. And it was at that time, you know, preparing for a fight that was pretty much, if I won that fight, it was like, you know, the UFC call up was right there. I had a couple close calls where I like got called up to the UFC as a last minute replacement, but it didn't go through, um, got called out to be on contender series, but the fight fell through, you know, I was like on the radar, but like they kept saying, okay, one more good win, one more good win. And she's in, obviously there's no guarantees right now. I ended up blowing my ACL three weeks before the fight, completely devastating injury. Um, you know, if you ever had an, a knee surgery, a knee injury, you know, ACLs are the longest, nine to 12 months until you're fully recovered. Of course, there are some psychos that do it faster, but on average, that's what they tell you, you know, and if you go back too soon, you risk the chance of having to have a second surgery, which I know people have had that happen too. So, 
I knew I was out for a while on the shelf and I knew I wasn't getting any younger. So we decided at that time, okay, let's try to start a family. Um, little did I know that my hormones actually were in a pretty good space, even after years of chronically dieting and hormone issues. Um, and I did get pregnant right away, which was, you know, obviously the greatest blessing in the world, but it was another like huge shock of like, okay, wow. All right. So I'm out because I'm, in I'm injured right now and I'm pregnant. Will I ever be able to return to fighting? Will I ever compete again? Will my knee ever be better? It was just so many uncertainties, right? So the reason I share all of this, this life story, <laughs> I didn't really realize I was going to go the whole trek here, but you know, there's so many moments where my dreams have been knocked off course from wanting to own an MMA school, uh, a martial arts school to becoming an MMA fighter to becoming a mom. Now I'm running an online business, you know, and so many times I had that huge blow of like, oh God, like, what am I going to do now? Like, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. What else am I going to do? You know, and what I've been able to do is really, you know, keep, keep my true passions alive throughout, which, you know, at the end of the day, I love helping people. I love teaching people. I love having an impact on others. I love being a positive role model. So whether it was like owning a martial arts school, fighting, um, you know, being a positive example for other young females, right. Um, you know, helping people through martial arts, health, fitness, weight loss, nutrition, that's always been my core driver, right? So if you are going through something that's maybe career oriented and you're like, what else am I going to do? Think, you know, really, really deep about what do you love? What lights your soul on fire? What makes you truly happy? What is it about you that you do that you really love that you could still do in a different way? You know, that you could still pivot and be able to keep that core part of you moving forward, even if you can't do the thing that you loved doing so much, right? And, you know, so my biggest thing, guys, is like when you when you do have that that huge, like devastating injury, that huge life pivot where you're just like, how am I even going to get back to some sense of normalcy? How am I going to be able to move forward? Um, what I really try to do, guys, is I try to pour my focus into something, into something positive that's going to help me grow, that's going to help me to be able to contribute. Um, that's something that I'm going to, you know, it's going to create more certainty in my life or more variety. Um, and so, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the years, like when I've been, you know, had small injuries where maybe I couldn't fight, I would take that time if I couldn't fight and I had to be on the shelf for a little bit. Maybe it wasn't a huge injury, but I was out for a couple months. I'd take that time to study and I would learn, you know, something about my profession. I would learn, take a course about exercise physiology. Um, learning about nutrition. You know, I really started diving deep into those things years ago um, when I would get injured in between my fights. Um, when there's been moments where I haven't been able to train at the gym that I loved because of whatever situation, whether it was moving locations, whether it was because uh, an instructor was maybe, you know, doing some inappropriate things of any sort, um, you know, from serious, serious things like I told you in the first story or things like, you know, a married instructor trying to flirt with one of their students, which has happened to me before. So, uh, you know, these are things that unfortunately happen, especially to females um, that are in any kind of gym environment. Or maybe it's just you can't afford the training anymore. I've had that happen as well, where like I really would have loved to get back to a certain gym, but I just didn't have the money or the time or the ability to drive there. Right. So, you know, obviously I'm talking more in like a gym training context, but you could apply this to anything in your life, any kind of passion that you've been derailed and you're just not able to do anymore. And what I try to think about is, you know, first, first of all, you know, what else can I do right now? So if I have an injury, let's say, or some kind of setback, 
what can I do? Okay, I'm pregnant and I have a knee injury. <laughs> so I can't really train the way I would love to, but what can I do? Okay, I can do physical therapy. I can do pregnancy related exercises to, you know, help me. I can stretch. I can go for walks, right? Always thinking, what can I do? Okay, I can't train at all. What can I do? I can study. I can learn. I can grow my mind, right? Okay, I can't train at this place anymore. Where else could I go? What else could I do as an activity, right? What else could I do to find that sense of community that I'm missing? So those are all questions to ask yourself instead of just being in that victim mindset of like, I can't because of this. I can't because I can't afford it. I can't because I have an injury. I can't because I'm pregnant. I can't because I moved. We maybe can feel that way for a moment. We can feel sad about it. But again, if we stay there and we spiral into that dark, dark pit, it's going to be very hard to pull ourselves out. So instead of thinking like all the reasons you can't, think what else can I do? And focus on maybe another area to improve on, right? Maybe if you move somewhere and you can't find a jujitsu school that you love yet, maybe just it's not in the cards where you're living, maybe you join a kickboxing gym, maybe you find a Muay Thai gym and you learn a new skill, right? So there's always opportunity out there, I really do believe. And even if you can't really, you know, get back exactly to where you were, maybe you find something better, right? Or maybe you learn and you grow or you learn to appreciate that thing even more and you find out later down the road that you can get back to it. So, you know, I think my story, I kind of just left you guys hanging. Um, but, you know, honestly, up to this point, you know, obviously now um, I am a mom. I have a, a toddler who's a year and a half. I am running an online business, um, you know, helping women lose lose body fat, become stronger. I have an amazing free community online that I love sharing and educating. I have this podcast. I'm so grateful. Um, I have a wonderful marriage. I have amazing family and I still have a passion for MMA, for martial arts, but I'm still in that mode where I'm figuring out how to get back to it in a way that truly fits my lifestyle in a consistent manner. And so for me, that still is sort of the missing piece, but it's not something I'm giving up on. And it's not something that I get the woe is, woe is me. You know, in the meantime, if I can't truly do that thing consistently in a way where I'm able to right now, uh, then there's other things I can focus on. For example, I'm focusing on learning. I'm focusing on taking a hormone course right now um, where I'm learning how to be a better coach to my clients and be able to read and assess blood work and things like that. Doing a lot of special things with my daughter to help her grow and develop as a human. Um, you know, doing a lot of things with family and, and traveling and, you know, looking for homes and like a lot of big things on, on the fire here. So there's a lot going on. And again, you know, this is all just to share my story so you guys can understand, you know, it definitely has not been a walk in the park just as I'm sure it hasn't been for you but it doesn't mean that we give up or that we have to give up and one of the things you know if I can circle back to Tony Robbins <laughs> you guys heard me talk about you know how I had worked for him for that brief period of time a little bit less than a year probably um, but you know to this day there's something that he shared in one of his programs one of his audio books and it's definitely in one of his books for sure um, is it's how we all have the same human needs and, you know, what Tony Robbins had found after traveling the world and speaking to like millions and millions of people from people in the U.S. to people in Africa to Germany to wherever that he would run into, even though it was different languages and different socioeconomic conditions, we all had the same 
root issues, you know, people all still had the same problems. And he started to figure out, you know, that we all have six human needs. And so sometimes when I'm really like frustrated in my life, um, I, I look at these and I try to see like, you know, how can I get these needs met? Maybe there was this one place in my life where I was getting all of these needs met and I lost that thing because of something in my life, right? I lost that thing that was giving me these needs. So sometimes just looking at it and just addressing it and saying, well, where else can I get these things to feel fulfilled, to feel happy, you know, to keep moving forward in my life? So, you know, the first one is certainty. Like we all have this desire to feel certain. And if you don't believe me, try having somebody in your family or yourself have a, a health scare, right? We've all been there. Where all of a sudden you have that pit in your stomach. You get that phone call from your mom, grandpa's sick, right? Wh whatever the situation is, grandma's sick. You, you get that pit in your stomach where you're like, you hear some really terrible news and you're not certain. That's a really extreme example, right? But that's, it just shows like certainty, having certainty in our life, having that routine, it's so important to our like happiness and well-being, right? And when we don't have it, then we, we feel that sense of fear, right? We feel uncomfortable. However, on the same side, if... Every day is always the same, always the same. What happens? We get bored. We get freaking bored, right? And so that's why we need uncertainty. We need certainty, but we need uncertainty. We need variety. We need variety in our life. And I think that training is something that gives so many of us, if you're listening to this podcast and you are like somebody who's into fitness of any capacity, that's one of the big reasons why we love it, right? We, we love it because it's like, it gives us that variety. It gives us, uh, you know, just something different in our day versus the mundane, driving to and from work, sitting in your cubicle, picking up your kids, blah, 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 gives you that variety, that uncertainty. Now, the next thing that we all need and we crave is significance. We all want to feel special. We all want to feel important. This is another thing that like MMA, martial arts, you know, it can do for you. It can make you feel significant. Um, but if we have too much significance, sometimes we're missing love. Sometimes we can feel alienated. Sometimes we don't have those deeper relationships, right? So significance, love. And then the last two, and these I think are the most important. If you are feeling woe is me, if you're feeling victim-y, if you're feeling like everything unfair happens to you, why do I always have these health issues? Why do I always get injured? Why do I always have these opportunities taken from me? Why can't I do this? Why don't I ever have the money to do this? And this person does. Why can't I ever get ahead in my career because of this or this? Take a look at these last ones, growth and contribution. And these are the two that Tony Robbins says are like, you know, the biggest ones for happiness. If we're not growing, if we don't experience ourselves growing in some way, man, it, it's a terrible feeling, right? So I think this is a big thing that I've been able to do throughout my life is that when I feel like I can't grow in certain areas because of whatever setback, I try to find where I can grow and learn. Where can I keep growing, right? And then contribution. This is another huge one. You know, giving back to others is like the ultimate joy, you know? So if you are feeling like that, <laughs> that, you know, just kind of woe is me or things are just not going great for you, you know, see what can I do to grow? What can I do to contribute right now? Um, maybe, maybe you're not able to run the race that you want to run. Maybe you can volunteer and you can help, right? Like little things like that, that can just really shift your experience and your perspective. So this episode, you know, obviously kind of turned into more of a like lifestyle episode, <laughs> you know, more life coaching. Obviously, I'm not a life coach at all, uh, but I just wanted to share my perspective with you guys. And again, this podcast, this is like a special place where I like to share a little deeper with you guys. Um, of again, like what I feel like I'm, I'm meant for more of, you know, just really helping people overcome these huge obstacles. That sometimes you got to take a couple steps back to move forward again in your life, but it doesn't mean you can't. 
right? It doesn't mean you can't move forward. You can still find purpose. You can still find happiness. You can still find joy. You can still grow. You can still contribute. You can still learn. Even if the thing that you thought you'd be doing isn't possible for you anymore. And I've had these huge dramatic things in my life happen, but I'm not special, right? And I've definitely been extremely blessed in my life. Um, I'm thankful for every opportunity and I'm thankful for every freaking setback. And I know there's so many people that have it worse than me, right? I, I think that's sometimes what keeps me up as well is just knowing that like there's so many people who have so much more difficulties in their life and they still pick up the pieces and move forward. So what is my excuse, you know? So again, I just wanted to share this perspective with you guys because I, I did have a few people, you know, reach out to me recently that have been going through things like this, you know, where they can't pursue that thing they want anymore. They're missing that community or they're missing that competitiveness or they had a huge life shift and they just they just don't know how to bounce back from it. And so I, I hope this helps. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a person. Um, but I do feel like it's something that I, I've just strengthened the muscle over time of overcoming and overcoming and overcoming and just still finding a way to pivot, create my own path, keep my passions, continue to grow and, uh, you know, just stay on the course. So please, if this resonated with you, shoot me a message. Let me know that you listen to it because sometimes I don't know if I'm talking to nobody um, or if there's 20 of you listening. So shoot me a message. Let me know if you listen to the end of this podcast, any thoughts you have. Um, I'd love to, to hear from you. And, you know, next week we'll probably be back to our regular schedule, you know, fat loss, strength training, getting toned, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I really like to share the raw, real stuff here because, you know, I, I totally understand, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if, you know, again, having a daughter has been the greatest blessing in the world. I wouldn't train it for a world, for the world. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, it's been difficult. It's been an identity shift. Um, but now 20 months later, I feel like I'm finding my purpose again. I'm finding my groove again. So just know you're not alone. You're not alone. If something that even it's an amazing blessing, it's an amazing thing that happened, but you still feel lost. You feel still depressed. You still feel like you're missing out. It's okay. It's normal. You don't have to feel guilty about it. You don't have to build your, beat yourself up, but just know you can still pivot and you can still eventually get back to that thing somehow, some way, or some sense of it, right? So that is it for today, guys. I'm going to stop yapping your ears off. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.